All right, good morning, my friend. Preacher John here in Trinidad, Colorado. This is a Tuesday, this is my day three here in Trinidad. Just lifted my banner a few moments ago. I finished my breakfast and coffee and already passed out six, seven, eight, eight tracks and I'm just getting started. Already witnessed to eight people and I told them about Jesus and prayed with one, uh, laid hands on one to receive healing in his ear. It was amazing. The Lord said, uh, I was gonna get ready to leave the restaurant. I was doing my true study book there at uh, the coffee shop. And uh, I was getting, putting all, all my stuff away. And the Lord says, don't leave yet, wait a few more minutes. And I said, all right. So I was just waiting for a few more minutes. And about a few more minutes later, uh, Bert showed up, sat down at my table, said, do you mind if I sit with you? And he sat down with me. And uh, first thing he said is my ear is hurting and we laid hands on his ear and he started crying and the Lord touched him right there in the restaurant. Right there in the restaurant. It was amazing. I mean, it touched me. Then he began to tell me all kinds of testimonies and stories of what God has done in his life. It's amazing. Faithful servants willing to minister whenever and wherever the call of duty comes. Anyway, it's just a small testimony. I'm no big deal. I'm just telling you, <laughs> giving you another example, another thing that you can say, well, you know, if he can do it, uh, I want to go out and do it too. And uh, anyways, I'm going to put this down and I'll lift my, uh, do my scripture short for the day and then I'll do my sermon, street sermon for uh, Tuesday. And uh, been a good day so far. <laughs> I'll see you in a few moments. Bye. Welcome to the channel. Welcome to Trinidad. Behind me is the uh, Colorado Welcome Center. So I have a lot of people who are coming from the south out of New Mexico and they stop here. We've had several people stop and visit with me yesterday. Got good solid seven hours nonstop ministry out here yesterday on Monday. And then already today we've had lots of ministry already. I think I'm up to about three, six, seven gospel tracks and uh, prayed with one gentleman. We, uh, really interesting what happened. His name was Bert. Uh, I was getting ready to wrap everything up, to leave the restaurant, to come out here. And the Lord says, wait for a few more minutes. And I said, yes sir, all right. So I still kept on waiting. And about two or three minutes later, in walks a gentleman and, and uh, recognized him from yesterday. And he asked me, do you mind if I sit down with you? And I said, no, go ahead. And immediately, without even saying not much else he said my ear I need to be Jesus I need to be healed in my ear and uh, so when he uh, placed his hand on his ear the Lord said put your hand on his hand and God bless you sir <laughs> and uh, uh, we prayed for his healing right there in the restaurant he started crying it's just the power of God his face got red it's just the power of God just came on him at least that's what it looked like and the 
prophetic word was uh, that his hand is anointed, that every time he puts his hand on his ear, it'll be healed. And just to continue thanking him, thanking Jesus for his healing. And uh, to stop saying, oh, my ear is hurting me, but to say, thank you, Lord, that my, my ear is healed. And I, but I also clarify that, but if the Lord tells you to go to the hospital or go to the doctor, you go. He says, I, I know where the emergency is and I would go. And uh, it was amazing. And then he proceeded to tell me several testimonies, how he came to Christ, uh, what Christ has done for him. And it was amazing. And uh, then after, uh, just after we finished talking with Bert, another gentleman came up, saw him, me talking to him, and stood at our table, listened to us for talk for a moment. And uh, it was really a blessing. He didn't want to come over and talk to us because he walked by a couple times listening as we were talking and praying. We were praying in the restaurant, not out in the street here. We were in the restaurant in prayer for healing in McDonald's. <laughs> and uh, I just believe in healing. God heard our prayers, and uh, God doesn't turn a deaf ear. And so oh, I don't want to heal him today. He, he, he's been smoking. No, whatever. You know. God loves us all, and uh, God will heal you. And, uh, it, you know, whatever. Uh, people have their own views of what, how God loves people, and they look through their own eyes and their own experience. They try to use the Bible, and... Uh, Oftentimes, they kind of set the Bible aside and just use their own feelings and understanding. But uh, anyways, that's enough of that. So I got my coffee here. Got the wrong size, but that's all right, I guess. Let me set this down. I go to my same location. I very uh, consistent. Once the Lord shows me where to stand in a certain area like city that's where i go i don't wander around uh, i go where the lord showed me and he doesn't have to show me every time i come he showed me once that's all i need is one time just show me where you want me to stand and i'll be faithful to that i don't like you know this is my fourth year and i've been standing at the same location for four years now this is my fourth time here i don't go down the street now the first time when you come twice, you've got several locations picked out. You're not sure where the Holy Ghost wants you. You've kind of narrowed it down. And I walked all through there. I probably spent an hour going to different locations and until I got here, the Lord says, this is where I want you. I mean, like, whoa, the peace of God. I knew this is where the Lord wanted me. And then as time goes on, went on that day, first day, very first day, four years ago, uh, the Lord just continued to confirm his word with signs following, signs following. It's amazing. So uh, let me do a commercial here real quick, and then we'll pray. So Lord, uh, Lord I was going to pray. Let's pray instead. Lord, I thank you that we can uh, come to you and pray. We can ask forgiveness if we have messed up or we've got sin in our life. Uh, we can ask for healing uh, if we believe it. I believe it. Uh, Bert believed it. And uh, I thank you, Lord, for healing Bert's uh, right ear today and anointing his hand. Every time he lays his hand on his ear, uh, he is to say, uh, thank you, Jesus, for healing my ear. I thank you, Lord. Just be thankful in all things, and uh, and he care and and I, I thank you, Lord, that you uh, brought to his remembrance uh, all the times you have touched Bert, and so I could see that his faith grew right there. He sat down with full of doubt and uncertainty, but uh, by the time we left, he was uh, had a lot of faith. <laughs> that was wonderful. He touched my heart, Lord. 
really touched my heart. I thank you, Lord, for asking me to stay a few more minutes. You care for all of us, not just for me, not for the guy down the street. You care for everybody, Lord. You care for everybody. You're a loving father, a loving father. I mean, it's even written in your word. I, so many people don't like John 3:16, but I love it. For God so loved the world that he gave. I mean, isn't that wonderful? And I just say thank you, Lord. In your holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, now commercial. <laughs> this is a true study book. This is what we're studying. This is what I was doing this morning. I was uh, working on, uh, I do this. This is, uh, what is today? Well, that's Monday. That's Monday there. I did Mondays. Here's Tuesday. Working on Tuesday. I went through all the prayer. Got everything lined up here. Went through my verses today. Went through my calendar, just like I do on the class. Began writing this, but as I was writing this, Bert showed up. And uh, I was had already gone through the Bible. Went through my, I forgot to do the app here. I was just listening to the app when Bert showed up. Kind of doing this all together. It's kind of bouncing around. And I'll attempt to finish this before I go to sleep tonight. But uh, I work on this everywhere I go. So what this is is like a log sheet. Here's what it looks like empty. This will be tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll start filling, God bless you, start filling this out. And uh, it's just a tally of uh, going through the Word. It's a kind of a uh, accountability format in a sense. It kind of, it kind of like you can go back a couple weeks ago and you can kind of look at the date and look at your calendar and go, you can kind of see what was going on that day. And uh, it's, it's a way of, uh, it's a way of, um, being held accountable to yourself before God. Because if you're not, if you don't hold yourself accountable over a long period of time, uh, the devil will get in there. I just, I just know that. I've been doing this such a long time. I know how the devil gets into people's lives. And I'm always discovering new ways of how he does things. It's, a, it's really spectacular though, how the Holy Ghost is teaching me uh, not just the ways of Jesus, but the ways of our enemy. You know, the ways of our enemy. I mean, if you want to be uh, good in uh, fighting the enemy, you have to know his ways. I mean, not, you know, not worship him, just know what's going on. And when you know what's going on, then things work out much better for you. It, it, and then you couple that with the Word of God, the Word of God, the Holy Bible, and things just work out in your ministry. And one of the things that helps you greatly is you don't become um, lazy in the body of Christ. You get to work. You know, you hold yourself accountable. You're reading the words. You're praying. Uh, you're giving. You're doing different things in the ministry uh, to God, the ministry to God, the Lord. Uh, and you just want, you just have this overwhelming desire to do something for God. I mean, it's just the way life is. You want to, but if you don't spend any time with the Lord, you don't, you never minister to the Lord. You never pray. You just say, dear God, bless my food. Thank you. You know, Lord bless our day. You know, little ditties like that. That's why I call them ditties. You know, uh, God really doesn't. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say that God hears them, but like, so what? You know, you've said that for a hundred times, 500 times, 10,000 times you said that, but you don't do anything for me, you know? And he's trying to get you to do something. That's why he sent you to this channel, trying to get you to do something. Because if you don't do something, I mean, I understand about performance orientation. There's no such thing as you have to perform to have God's love. We have God's love without doing anything. You can sit on the couch and just pray and read the Bible all your life. Long as you stay in the Christ, long as you stay in Jesus, and you don't sin, you endure to the end, 
you're gonna make it just fine. However, when you get there, you're gonna find out you have nothing to show for your life, nothing other than your salvation. And so what the Apostle Paul kept trying to get people to do, and what I try to do, is to get people to put something in your account in heaven. That's the gold, the silver, and the precious, and the precious stones that you lay up treasure in heaven. And then we get rewarded for that. It's, it's just gonna be so much more fun when we get to the marriage feast of the Lamb and the rewards and all that stuff. You'll just have more fun. And so I'm just telling you now before you get there, because once you get there, it's over. And you're not gonna lay up treasure in heaven because you're already there. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and the joy of the Lord uh, becomes so real in your life when you're out serving God in people. And I'm going to talk about that in the Bible, but this is that. This is the true study. So you can go to our, thebookpatch.com, and uh, it's a horrible picture. Don't look at the picture. Go up to the uh, top right of the menu bar, bookstore. Click on bookstore and do the word search, GEC True Study, and it'll pop up. If you buy the first book, I'll buy the second. It's like that. If you give me a picture of this that you holding this, or you know, I want to see that you have this book. It's just another way of accountability. And uh, get on our uh, Sunday prayer letter email list, so you'll get our email because the email, the Sunday letter goes with this here. You know, right down here. Let me turn. Sunday prayer letter. You want to be on that email list. You want to get this letter every week. Went out on Sunday. And uh, did it? Yeah, it went on on Sunday. <clears throat> and then uh, attend some of the classes. You know, you know, try to attend as many as you can, but attend some. And then I'll buy the second book. There's eight of these books. This is number one. All right. So let me put this down. Hang on a second. <laughs> My pack's right behind the camera here. God's a good God, isn't he? All right. <laughs> Sometimes I'm quiet because I know that people are inherently impatient. They want go, 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 go. And all the YouTube videos and all the shorts teach us to uh, go now, now, keep, keep talking. Never, never say an ah or an oh. And I like to just kind of stretch it out because that tests your patience. Test your patience. See, he has no patience. He couldn't wait 30 days. He's eating a sandwich from McDonald's, but he's got to get down the road. See, that's a man with no patience. We see it every day, all day, everywhere. And patience is a beautiful thing, beautiful. However, to have patience, you have to go through, it's not an automatic thing. You have to go through a lot of stuff to have patience. It's, anyways. Let's get into the Bible. Have some patience. <laughs> and the title of our letter is, And Finding Dis uh, Disciples, And Finding Disciples. I found a lot of disciples yesterday, probably well over a hundred, maybe more. I mean, I lost count. I mean, I was like every minute I was having several. So seven hour period, probably 150, 200. I don't know, it was just an amazing number. It just seemed like everybody was interacting with me all. And of those number, 
I probably only got about three mockers, three, four, maybe five, throughout the whole day. That's really amazing. And uh, what's amazing to me is I know once I got here on Sunday that people have been praying for the city of Trinidad. When people don't pray for the city that they live in, darkness covers that city. Darkness covers that city. And people, ministers like myself, who work in the spirit, we see that immediately. Those ministers who do not work in the, uh, that kind of realm, a prophetic world, uh, they won't see it. They'll just see the sin and people. They'll see the result of the darkness. Uh, but I see the result and I see the cause of the sin. And so I come against the cause that is causing them to sin. See, that's a little different there. Uh, that's what Jesus talked about. You know, first buying the strong man so that you can go in and take the good. So you can preach to the, to the man, preach to the soul, but you didn't bind the devil first. So that's what I do. I go into a city and I can see what's going on, spiritually speaking, right? Uh, and I'm really pleased with Trinidad because this is my fourth time, like I mentioned. Uh, I can tell that since number one, two, three, four, there's been a steady growing of uh, openness for the for the kingdom of God. At the same time, the darkness is increasing too. So the darkness increases and the uh, uh, light increases, I guess, something like that. It's really interesting. So God's bringing lots of people into Trinidad and uh, quickening a lot of people to pray. That's why I talked to on Bruce yesterday. Bruce came over and talked to me for about an hour. Another gentleman I met last year here and uh, he knew I was coming here. He'd been praying for our church up in Boulder and uh, he lives here in Trinidad and he ministers up to a church just up this road here, 1000 Nevada. Uh, this is Nevada Street. It's like uh, I'm up there in uh, Colorado Springs. I'm on Nevada and Southgate, Nevada and Southgate. Here in Trinidad, I'm on Nevada and uh, University and whatever street it is over there. It's kind of a circle. It's the only roundabout in, in, in uh, Trinidad City. All right, hang on a second. I had to check to see if the sun is beating on the back of the camera. I hope I can go through this. So uh, let me get into this. And finding disciples, this is Tuesday, Acts 21, 7 through 11. Acts 21, 7. And when we had finished our course, let me do a little teaching. So what, what, why did I stop? The reason I stopped is because all of a sudden I sensed the Spirit of God moving in me and directing me what to do next. Because normally I would stop and talk on this, but the Spirit of God in me was saying, just read the whole thing this time and then come back and talk. All right. So I just thought I'd do a little tea. That's why I stopped. And when we had finished our course from Tyre, we came to Petolmias, Mayas, and saluted the brethren and abode with them one day. Verse 8. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came into Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. How far was I supposed to read to? 11, Agabus. And he took and uh, Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle 
and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. Thus saith the Holy Ghost. I'm going to keep going here. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that oweth this girdle, belt, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. That's the end of verse 11. So thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. Man, that sun is hot, hot, hot. It was freezing this morning. <laughs> Hour later, it got hot. <laughs> and it's going to be cold. We've got a big storm front coming in. And about 12 o'clock, is supposed to be overcast and get very cold out here. Uh, that's all right. So verse 7 here. And we had finished our course. Uh, on my scripture short I talked about, we had finished our course. That'll be the title of our sermon today. Uh, we had finished our course. You want to finish the course that the Lord has you on. That is so important. I just love these little bits and pieces uh, intertwined inside the Word of God, uh, quickening us, if, if you so choose, to receive from the Holy Ghost, uh, little promptings, little mile markers on our path in the Word of God in our life that we need to finish our course. It's kind of like cheerleaders along the sides of the race course. Get finished, finish your course, keep running, keep going, keep going. You're going to make it, you're going to make it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Uh, Yay, go Jesus, you know. I mean, you know, give me a J, give me an E, you know. What's that spell? Jesus, you know. I mean, you just want to keep going, you know. Uh, keep going, keep going. Don't stop in the middle of the road. Don't, don't quit uh, halfway through the course. Don't give up. All right, greetings again. The camera did go off. I don't know where exactly it went off, but it did go off because uh, I kept checking on it. So what I'm doing now is I'm just, this is where I hold my banner throughout the day. And, uh, uh, and I stand behind it in the shade. That's why I can stay at it for so many hours in the hot, hot sun with no shade. And I could go to the shade, but I stand where the Lord wants me. If the Lord wanted me, well, there is no shade right now, but a lot of times across the street there's some shade. But oftentimes the Lord just says to stand exactly where he put me, even though there might be shade in some other places. So, but sometimes he'll let me go to the shade. So I just, it just depends. But uh, I always want to be faithful. So a little miffed a little bit because after the camera went off, I came out here and held the banner and let my phone cool, my phone, God bless you, man, my phone cool down. And uh, so I had a guy come by three times, one, two, three, four times, and uh, uh, hollered at me, convince me, convince me. Uh, now, he was a believer, and because uh, <laughs> I don't do that. I, I don't try to make anybody receive Christ. I don't try to convince somebody. I don't try to put my uh, nothing over on them. I've done that years ago, and I, I gave that up. I just tell people about Jesus who those who are interested to hear Jesus. If you're not interested to hear Jesus, I've got nothing to say to you. I mean, I just keep on trucking. I'm looking for those who are looking, kind of like. I just, I'm looking for those who are open-minded. I can tell who's open, who's not open. I go to those who are open. Now, they, to somebody else, they might look like they're closed, but in the spirit, I can see that their heart is troubled. Or like I witnessed in the restaurant, I witnessed to another lady, I was two, 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 two ladies in there and I saw that their heart was open but if you just looked at them you'd say uh, you know they're not interested or you could have pre but I waited 
once I saw that their heart was open to receive the gospel, and then I waited for a time, it wasn't much wait, and then I delivered the gospel. I delivered the word that the Lord had me give them. And it edified and exhorted each one of, each of the ladies, different people, different times. And this gentleman here convinced me, and then the next time he came through, he came through, I said, four times, and uh, the fourth time he said, I'm going to come back and I'll show you how to do it. <laughs> I said, good, come on back and show me how to do it. And he took off down the road. Now maybe he's doing something else, I don't know. Maybe he'll back. Usually people like that don't come back. But uh, uh, Jesus said, go into all the world. Uh, this gospel shall be published in all the world. Uh, so that's what this banner is. It's a form of publishing the gospel. And uh, if and my convincing, and my eloquent ability to talk, which I don't have, I'm not an eloquent speaker. I trouble memorizing all the Bible verses. I, I just not like a lot of people. I stumble around a lot. Uh, I just, I, I just, my brain can't think quick like many other people do, like this gentleman here that stopped in that white truck. Not this one here, God bless you, man. Uh, you know, he was quick on his feet. I, I just, I'm not that way. You know, I'm very slow, very, very slow, but guess what? I'm out here with the banner and he's not. You see, so uh, don't let people put you down. It kind of miffed me a little bit because he came by so many times, you know, telling me what I should do. That's how people are. This is how you should do it. This is how, no, you're doing it wrong. You want to do it this way. I've gotten that so many times over all these decades. I just let them people talk the way they want to talk. I just don't listen to anybody. I just say, thank you very much. Appreciate the counsel. Appreciate the advice. Have a great day. I just go on about my business. You know, I haven't got time to, to, to convince somebody about, of Jesus. I let God do that. I'm already, a, the last many years, I'm a walking testimony. Just seeing me should convict their soul. And if it's not convicted, the Holy Ghost isn't moving in their life. I think that person there was convicted by the Holy Ghost because of his mockery in Christ, his uh, uh, thinking that you got to do it a certain way, otherwise you're not doing it right. I'm sick of that. You know, we all have different ministries. There's many members in the body of Christ, trillions of members. So everyone has a different type of ministry. So you have to be faithful to what God has called you to do. I'm not going to be faithful to that man. He, I don't work for him, right? He doesn't work for me. We both work for God. And I, got a, I did get a chance to make sure he was saved. And I told him, you're just tempting me like Satan would tempt me. And he got all miffed at that. And that's what he was doing. He, he wasn't, it was his tone of voice, his attitude. So he just, you got to be alert to all that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> all right. So now the camera is in the shade of the banner. And we should be able to finish this message wherever I finish. I'll put these two together. I'll put them together. I also want to say, uh, I, I, part of me wants to have like a, a nice video in the beginning showing you all the different sites of Trinidad, but I'm not a tour guide. You know, I'm, I mean, if you want to come to Trinidad, you come to Trinidad and look around. I mean, if you want to, I mean, this isn't a travel channel. <laughs> this is a preaching channel. And I, I tried to do a few videos and try to do this a couple times, and that's just, that's just too much for me to do. I'll quit. If it gets too hard for me personally, because I'm very simple-minded, very simple way of doing things in life, 
if it gets too complicated, I'll quit. That's just what I've done in the past. I just, I just like to keep things simple. That's why my editing is so simple. I mean, I've tried complicated and I almost quit the videos here about a year ago, maybe two years ago. Uh, I got it too complicated. And I remember Brother Brian said, man, that's a lot of work there. And uh, you know, he really brought that to my attention because I didn't know what was going on. And uh, you know, I, I stopped it because he's smart. He's been doing this for 25, 30 years or whatever he's been doing it, 40 years. I don't know, uh, long time. <laughs> And uh, uh, he knows what it takes to endure as a street preacher. So I highly, you know, if you want to find out more about uh, Brian Cranford, that's what his name of his channel is. Channel is Brian Cranford, C-R-A-N-F-O-R-D. Tremendous channel. He and his son Nolan. Uh, I love those guys. It was like family to me. And uh, it's, I mean, now I want to cry because I love them so much. They've helped me so much. Just encourage me constantly. And uh, uh, so he helped me here a couple years ago again by, you know, that's a lot of work, John, you know. <laughs> and he does it in such a way that it makes me think. Instead of criticizing me, which he doesn't do, he just says a few words that makes me, well, hmm, that's interesting. I never thought about, you know, it kind of gets you thinking. So then you make your own decision. But he didn't make it for you. It's just really, the way he does it is really wonderful. But that's a father, right? Eleven kids, you know. Father—that's how a father does, you know. Doesn't make the kids do something. He kind of gives them an idea. Says, "Well, what do you think about this or that?" And you know, then the kids think of their, you know, it's really cool. That's why everybody—that's where all the children love their dad and love their mom. Anyways, that's talk about somebody else, but just an example, right? Let me read through, through this a little bit. These are prescription glasses. That's why I have to pull them down can't see up close. I need to, to look at a distance. When we had finished our course, right? Finish our course. I'm going to finish the video. I'm not going to stop because the video went off and it got overheated. I'm going to figure something else out. Just do something else. Don't just go, well, I'm going to quit now and go home. Take my bag and put my tail between my legs and go home. Forget that, man. Just keep on going, man. People are going to get mad at you all the time. If you think your people aren't going to get mad at you, just Hang on a little while longer. They're gonna get mad at you even more. And when we had finished our course from Tyre, we came to Patolimus, Patolimus, or whatever you pronounce that, and saluted the brother. I don't live in that part of the country. And abode with them one day. Abode with them one day. I, you see that scheduling type of attitude? Uh, that's why I talk about my calendar. One day here, seven days there, we sailed this. You know, it's a record of his journey. But at the same time, the record of his journey becomes a sermon, a preaching points that we can talk on, right? It's amazing. We had finished our course. That becomes a title. He's just, you know, the, the people who were traveling with Paul were just writing as things were going along. They really weren't teaching, per se, but apparently the Holy Ghost wants them to write these things down. And now here in 2023, way over here in Trinidad, Colorado, I'm preaching on the travels of Paul. How about that? But I'm not teaching traveling. I'm using these verses for another point. Like we had finished our course. You know, the course he's referring to is the course on the ship. But I'm referring to another Bible verse that says we're to, uh, you know, finish our course that we're on. You know, that's what Paul says. I finished my race. I finished my course. I finished what the Lord has had me to do. I'm completed. I've completed this part of my journey. 
Now on to the next part. And that's what I'm doing. I'm praying that God allows me to finish my journey, my course that I'm here on earth. That's why I'm pouring my whole heart out. I want to finish this course with gusto, with all my might. I want to sprint to the end. I want to sprint to the end. I just want to lay around in my hammock, 80 years old, going, oh man, what a great life I had. I don't want that. I want to be sprinting when I'm 80 years old. I'll give you an example of that. Now, it might sound like I'm just talking, but I'm actually preaching. I'm actually ministering to you because the Holy Spirit can use different stories and different parts of stories to help people. All right? And we're all in this verse right here. You should have read this already. It's in the Sunday prayer letter. If you get the Sunday prayer letter, you've already read this. You've already gone over it. You know? And to this is today's part sermon, part three, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, part three. You probably, and if you're in the True Study book, you've already gone through this. Nothing new, right? I'm just looking around here, just keeping an eye on things. Really important. So anyways, what I was going to say was, uh, yesterday, you know, I've been praying for the uh, east, west, south, north, parts of the United States because I lift up the United States every day. I pray for our country every day. I pray for our state. I pray, you know, that's what Paul says. Pray for the king. You know, pray. And so I do that. I do the Bible. Lo and behold, I do the Bible. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I've been praying. The Lord dropped in my spirit here probably a year ago. Uh, and Psalm 37, 4, if you delight yourself in the Lord, God gives you the desires of your heart. And then the next verse says, God bless you, man. You commit that desire back to God, and it gets you ready, then it gives it back to you again. You commit it back to God, and you just go back and forth while you delight yourself in the Lord. Trust in that the Lord's going to make things work out in our favor and in God's favor. And so he dropped in my spirit about a year ago, about a year ago, that I'm going to be going to Charlotte, the eastern portion of the United States, to preach. God bless you, man. God bless you. And But I didn't know what that meant. I had no clue. I knew Brian lived over in that part of the country and a couple other people. But, you know, I thought, you know, I just wanted to go and visit. But the Lord has other plans. And so I've been praying about this, dedicating it to the Lord, because not knowing what the Lord has for me. So I just committed back to God. And yesterday, because I'm asking, how do you want me to do this? I mean, you know, I don't understand what, you know, what's going on. I, you know, I don't know. I need some understanding. Anyway, this different thing. That horn's going off. These people and their horns, you know. Somebody's stealing your car. Nobody's stealing the car. I hate those car alarms. They're absolutely worthless. But people have a false security that their car is safe because it's honking. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, people and their false securities is amazing. People in the body of Christ have false securities. Sad. Anyways, uh, so yesterday the Lord dropped mine and says, uh, about Charlotte again. So I'm praying for Charlotte. I'm, I'm standing here praying in Trinidad. All of a sudden I'm praying for Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, Charlotte has a lot of, uh, <laughs> Charlotte has a lot of, uh, uh, I've been through Charlotte many dozens of times. I have a lot of uh, stuff going on over there. I'm kind of connected there outside of any 
other person that I know there. There's a lot of my, I have a lot of history in that part of the United States, okay? That's one of the other reasons. So the Lord was, was talking to me, and it says, like, I was praying and praying and praying. Remember Psalm 37, 4 and 5, and Mark 11, 24. You put those three verses together. <laughs> you put those three verses together, right? Mark 11, 24, Psalm 37, verse 4, and then Psalm 37, verse 5. Those three verses, individually. Not put, Don't put them all together in one long stream. Put them individually, but in one unit. Okay? So, uh, I've committed it back to God, and God gave it back to me, and I am... Uh, so the Lord yesterday said uh, on Charlotte, in regards to Charlotte, pray that you can go there and spend uh, uh, the week there, like you'll spend a week here, that you can preach there in Charlotte in the area there. He'll show me. I know where I, he wants me to stand. I'm pretty sure he, I know where he wants me to stand. I'm just about 99% sure that's where it is. I just got to do a few details to find out, make sure that it's okay. And so I know where I'm going to stand with the banner there in Charlotte. It's crazy. It's really, I mean, why? I'm called to Colorado. But maybe the Lord is expanding. Why is He expanding? Because when you pray for somebody, you pray for something, God expands your faith. Because otherwise, you won't be able to receive it. You can't receive something without faith. If you, if you receive something from prayer by doubt, that would make your doubt stronger. God's not going to do that. God's not going to do that. So God has to increase your faith. So apparently my faith, because I've been praying for the country for so many years, and the, what the Lord is showing me, that I'm going to go to, uh, in, it's kind of like, here, let me tell you what I'm seeing. What I see, uh, and I'll go back to uh, Boulder. In the city of Boulder, city limits, I see a cross. And I go to the ends of the cross inside the city limits. I see another cross, I've said this before many of my videos, another cross laying over on top of the city, but outside the city. And those are the cities that go outside of the city limits, another cross. Then I see a third cross that lays over the state of Colorado. For example, I'm in this, and it tells you to go to the end of the crosses where I show you. What's that mean? I don't know. I don't care. I just want to be by, I just want to know what God wants me to do. I don't need to know why I'm doing it. I just need to know what I'm supposed to do. And then I just step out on faith, not how it works. Peter didn't have to figure out, well, if I put my foot on the water, will I sit? No, he didn't do that. Anyways, so where I'm at today, the Trinidad, that's the southern end of the cross inside of, inside of Colorado. See? So I go to the ends of the crosses in these three areas. In the, and about a year ago, the Lord showed me that there was also, a, because I pray for the United States, that there's a cross that lays over the United States. When I saw that, I, I started crying. I just couldn't believe it. I was in my prayer time, laying on the floor in the kitchen in my morning, praying, and the Lord, it's just, it just like, <laughs> it was like, uh, see, I get this all day long. This, I want them to do that. And later on, I'll keep my hand up in, the, up in the air, and I'll make sure people interact with me, because I want them to go to work for the Lord, because that is a part of my supplicational prayer. I want people to interact with me because that triggers a point of contact like Paul had. Anyways, there's another story there. And so I'm praying for this cross that lays over, and I don't know where the ends are. I just saw the cross a long time ago. 
And so I just start giving it back to God, right? Psalm 37, verse 5. I just committed it back to God. I didn't understand what I was seeing. I wasn't ready to receive. I usually change hands, but since I got the button, let me do this. Uh, hang on, let me just, I gotta switch in. My arm is really getting tired. Let me do this. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, let me open this up. I'm using the banner because I have to put shade over the camera. And I don't have my umbrella with me because it's just too much to carry. Anyways, uh, so uh, several months ago, I think I was in Burlington when this happened, maybe, a, a, maybe just before getting to Burlington, but I was praying for the cross over the state, United States. And then the Lord showed me the eastern end of the cross where he wants me to stand. Now this sounds really weird, really bizarre, and I don't get it, so don't try to critique and try to figure it out, because I don't understand it either. And if you think you understand it, well, you probably have to spend more time in prayer, because I don't understand it, and God's calling me to do this. Unless he's called you to do it too. That's just, that's just cool, that'd be, that'd be wonderful. So he showed me the eastern end of the cross over Colorado, I mean over the United States, and that's in Charlotte. How about that? Charlotte. I mean, how many, I've, I've prayed for Charlotte for since I was probably 25 years old, I remember 25 years old, desiring to go to Raleigh, uh, North uh, Raleigh Chapel Hill, uh, North. I mean, all over North Carolina. And my sons lived in North Carolina for like 10 years. And uh, very important state to me. I have a very good friend that moved to North Carolina. I mean, it's been a part of my life for some reason. <laughs> and so yesterday. Some of these stories are so long. So, because I'm out here and I've got to switch around, it's just it's not easy to do all this stuff. And think on your feet and talk to people and, you know, struggle with the wind. I got this grip in my, like a vice grip holding the banner because it'll flip around, it'll get all out of control. I've got to kind of control it. That's why these handles are here. And, uh, but I like the wind because it keeps me cool. <laughs> but at about 10 miles an hour, I can't hold it up. I had it blow out of my hands many times yesterday. So yesterday the Lord said, because I was asking about timing, like when do you want me to go? Like I don't know, and uh, and how long do you want me to go? And what I mean, all that kind of stuff. So yesterday I got one more piece of the puzzle, and that is next year, 2024, you're going to be in Charlotte. Oh, all right, but nowhere else. 2024 in Charlotte. Oh, wow. Then all of a sudden, I saw more of the puzzle. 2024, which is next year, this is 2023. 2024, because I've been praying all year long for Charlotte, not knowing what I'm praying for, into the cross. Didn't know that was Charlotte, but now I know. 2024, I'll be preaching Charlotte for a week. How's that gonna work? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't need to figure it out. Quit trying to figure it out before you have to do it. Today has enough worries of its own. I guarantee it, today has enough worries of its own for me. Be concerned about Charlotte. 2025, he said, that's east. 2025, you'll follow the sun to the west. 2025. Then from there, 2026 in the north. 2027 in the south. 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027. That's a four-year rotation. You'll continue that till I bring you home. Wow. 
I thought, you know, Lord, that sounds kind of funny to me because here I'm 70 years old planning a four-year rotation for several times. 70 years old planning four-year rotations. Because I'm not called the United States, but I'm praying over the United States because I live here. Isn't that amazing? I think that's a fantastic. So Mark 11:24 says, when you pray, believe that you receive. And I pray and I believe that I receive because I have faith. Faith is the substance. You can add that in there too. Hebrews 11.1. 1. A faith is the substance of things hoped for. <laughs> the evidence of things not seen. Or however that goes. Isn't that amazing? I'm excited. Huh. I don't know exactly. I appreciate And I also know in, uh, on next, in 20, uh, see that's 24, in 2025, I kind of know where I'm going to go there. But I have no clue in the north no clue in the south so I'm praying for that and I got it and I'm just touching over there so it's pretty cool isn't it anyways God's a good God so this is the story right here I'm trying to give you an example of the story here it said of Acts 21 verse 7 when they and when we had finished our course, we had finished our course. You mean to tell me at seven, three score and 10 years, God's not done with me yet? No. No, <laughs> God's not done. God's just still kicking up the heat, man. He's still turning up the notches. He's still putting the coal to the fire, man. He's still turning up the heat in my life. I think that's fantastic. I, I mean, wow. 70 years old, on fire for God? Man, oh man, isn't that great? That's great. My voice is echoing out these buildings. <laughs> I got a voice that carries. <laughs> out here on the street for five years, four and a half years, your voice carries. You learn how to develop strong vocal cords. <laughs> Anyways, finish our course, right? From Tyre, we came to, hold on, and we saluted the brethren. We saluted the brethren. I'm saluting the brethren here. Saluting the brethren. Saluting the brethren. Yeah. And abode with them one day. I'm how, my, how long I'm going to abode here? I'm going to abode here for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Five days. Right? Thursday afternoon, I'll take off. Got here Sunday afternoon. I'll leave Thursday afternoon. But I've been here Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'll preach all five days. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? God is good, man. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed. Cool. You see right there, Paul's not writing this. The guys who are with him are writing it. Bless you, man. Whoa, my camera's shaking. I'm shaking. All right. And we had entered the, okay. Uh, we departed and came into Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven. You know what that means, one of the seven? The moment you read that, you should know exactly where those verses are. Or get an idea, or you can, you can look it up. But I remember when uh, in Acts chapter two, was it two? I think it was two. Might have been one, something, might have been later, I don't know. That is the first few chapters of Acts. And it talked about where the apostles, all the people were getting upset because of the administration was going on. There was just too many people and he says, we don't have enough time to wait on tables to take care of everybody. We need to stay in the word of God and prayer. 
So let's find find seven people of uh, honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, and of wisdom. Right? Those three attributes. Honest report, uh, full of the Holy Ghost, and uh, wisdom. How many people are picked that are not full of the Holy Ghost? And what does full of the Holy Ghost mean? <laughs> I know what it means. Right? Anyways, that's Philip. Remember, Philip was the one who uh, uh, the Holy Spirit led him down this road. Go, go join yourself with that chariot, right? The eunuch. And uh, got him saved and then baptized him. And then when the eunuch came out of the water, the Spirit, <laughs> the Spirit caught him away. God bless you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> they're all excited. They saw me. And uh, God bless you, sir. All right. And uh, anyways, so praise God. One of the guys I prayed for in the restaurant. That wasn't uh, wasn't Bert. It was the other gentleman that stood by our table. <laughs> it's amazing. So Philip, the evangelist which was one of the seven, abode with him. And wouldn't that be great to go over to Philip's house, <laughs> spend some time with him and talk to him about what's going, how, to, how all things worked out, tell us the story about that eunuch and how that worked. How would you, how, what did it feel like to be caught up in the spirit then all of a sudden be someplace else and uh, keep on preaching? Not be wondering, well, how did that happen? You just keep on going. Philip was a trucker. He knew how to keep on moving from the, in the Lord. He had a mission and he was fulfilling his course. And here he is in his house, married, has children. He's got daughters. He must not have any sons, otherwise his sons would have been mentioned here. But he had daughters, he had four daughters. Four daughters. And we know what kind of man he was, we know what kind of father he was, because the daughters, they might have been of age, old enough, you know, because it mentions that they were virgins, right? That says, that's a good dad. That's a good dad. That's a very godly man. Very godly dad. Yeah. Trained up his children in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart. Things like that. And the question I had to the Lord way back when we were at Acts was, uh, why did, did the eunuch uh, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues? And we don't know that. And then I asked, well, is Philip, does Philip, the Bible says he's full of the Holy Ghost. Can he pray in tongues? Can he uh, do what Paul did or everybody else? I mean, can he speak in unknown tongue? And, uh, and so I have the answer here. And the answer is this. Uh, and the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. Prophesy. So now we know that the daughters were full of the Holy Ghost. And Philip was full of the Holy Ghost, and they were able to speak in an unknown tongue. Now, how did I get that out of that? Well, when you read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, you'll be able to put it all together that those who are not full of the Holy Ghost will not be prophesying. Sorry. And if they do, it'll be in error. That's why Jesus told Sarah the Pharisees, you do error not knowing the Scriptures. Right? 
that's what would happen. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, you will err in the Scriptures. But if you're full of the Holy Ghost, uh, and if you do make a mistake or error in the Scriptures, the Holy Ghost will be quick to correct you. He does to me. Uh, no, but anyways, so that's how that's how I know based on this verse that yes, Philip was full of the Holy Ghost, his daughters were full of the Holy Ghost, and uh, they prophesied and they were able to speak in an unknown tongue whenever the Holy Spirit quickened them. Verse 10, and, and as we tarried there many days, many days, <laughs> they tarried there many days, they didn't want to leave. They didn't give, they didn't, the Holy Spirit didn't give us a number. He didn't say seven days. He just said, we, we stayed there many days. <laughs> we wanted to stay longer. <laughs> we loved Philip, and he was a man of God. I mean, that was a real evangelist right there. Wow, praise God. Yeah. And this is another, oh, anyways, that's another, I don't want to go there. See, the Holy Spirit stopped me. I was going to go to another direction, but the Holy Spirit stopped me and kept me on course. Man, this way, let me change hands again. So right before, right on camera, you're seeing the Spirit of God stop me and redirect my, my direction. Redirect my direction, <laughs> however you want to look at that. And I'm just, so I'm telling you that. So you wonder, so, I, so that I'm teaching as I go along on what's going on inside of me. Because you can't see inside of me. You don't know what the Spirit's doing inside of me, right? And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. But if you don't know what's in my heart, oh, hang on, everybody wind is kicking up all right let's finish this real quick and as we tear there are many days there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus see so there's apostles there's evangelists there's prophets how about that in the New Testament and there's also pastors and there's also teachers now all that didn't end when the last apostle died there's a lot of denominations in the world that teach that all those five key gifts, offices, uh, that the Holy Ghost put in the body of Christ are all done away with. There's just pastors and teachers, you know, and maybe a, a so-called evangelist here and there, but there's no such thing as prophets or apostles. That's silly. Lord of God's not done yet. All right, all right, let's keep going here. <clears throat> we tarried there many days, and there came down for a certain prophet named Agabus, and, we, and when he was coming to us, here we are, it's at Philip's house, we took Paul, he took Paul's girdle, you know, that thing goes around your waist, and bound his own hands. Agabus bound his own hands and his feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. I want to highlight that. Thus saith the Holy Ghost. He doesn't say, Thus saith the Lord. But if you look at all this, Thus saith the Lord is the same. Uh, you get this, this might go over your head. Is the same as saying, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. Right? You could say, Thus saith the Lord Jesus Christ. Thus saith God the Father. Thus saith the Holy Ghost. It's something to think about. But in the New Testament, specifically in Acts, they're bringing to our understanding the fullness of the Godhead. Because before Jesus Christ was here, there was the fullness of the Godhead was unknown to us. It was a mystery. We didn't know the fullness of the Godhead. And Jesus taught on the fullness of the Godhead. And now, once Jesus taught on that and opened that door of knowledge of God, we're able to teach on the fullness of the, of the Godhead. And that's why here it says, what does it say? 
It says, thus saith the Holy Ghost. See, that couldn't have been said before Jesus' time. That's why it said here. If you can get that, that's a lot of, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of heavy there, I know. Kind of way out there. Anyways, uh, thus saith the Holy Ghost, and this is what the Holy Ghost said. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that oweth this girdle, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. The Jews are going to bind him and hand him into the Gentiles. Paul's not a Gentile. The Jews are God's people. Hebrew, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, Israel. You see what's going on? The Holy Ghost knows what's going on, right? The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one, the Godhead. Now, why, why did this happen? I think that's it. Is this, that the end of this verse right here? Yeah. So why did that happen? Why did the prophet Agabus have to come down to Philip's house where Paul and his traveling companions were. Why, why did that have to happen? Because it's for us here today. There are certain areas in the Bible that have to be brought to light so that we can teach on it. But not everything is brought to light. There is still much mystery in the kingdom of God that we are not of understanding. But that's okay. We have enough to do what God wants to do. And when we need more understanding, and the Lord wants us to have that understanding, then God provides the understanding. I've never understood, listen, I never understood why did he say, thus saith the Holy Ghost. I've never understood that until just now. I've never said that, I've never thought that, and all of a sudden that now I know why in the, in the, through the book of Acts predominantly, it talks about the Holy Ghost said this, we prayed to the Holy Ghost. Why is the Holy Ghost talked about so much? I didn't understand that until just now when the Holy Spirit revealed to us that is because of the fullness of the Godhead was still held in mystery. You can take it for what it's worth. You can say, well, John doesn't know what he's talking about or that's a bunch of hot air or whatever you want to say. I don't really care. I'm held accountable to God and God corrects me. I work for God. I don't work for people. I don't work for a church. I don't work for a denomination. I don't work for some organization which is really provides a lot of freedom. Because <laughs> I used to be involved in a church and if I did something wrong, I got in trouble. I mean, since 1989 when I started working in churches, I was always in trouble because I'm spirit-filled and I would speak out when the Holy Ghost moves me. And, but the Holy Ghost would always warn me, if you do this, you're gonna get in trouble. And sure enough, I always got in trouble. <laughs> so I'm not in that position anymore. I don't have to answer to some pastor who doesn't want the Holy Ghost in his church. I'm not in some position where if I make a mistake, I'm ousted for two weeks. You know, I mean, anyways, I know all about church work. I've been in churches a long time. Let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that uh, you provide to us by your spirit understanding. It's amazing. It's amazing what you've done for our lives. It, for those who are interested, those who aren't interested, they don't, they don't get it. It goes right over their head. I know that, Lord because their eyes are closed, their eyes are blinded, their heart is waxing cold and hard. It's just so sad, Lord. And these are believers. These are ones who have confessed you as Savior. And uh, 
the world and the cares of the world are just stealing their soul. And Lord, I'm praying against all that. Praying against all that. And Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. I'll put this down. Let me turn this around. So I, I, I hope that through all the struggle on this particular sermon video on the wind, and having to do the video several times, and uh, all this kind of struggle, and arms getting tired, and the mocker, the you know the believer who mocks me. <laughs> I can a mock, I can a believer mock you, but he does. You know, getting riled up. That you don't have to be. You don't have to go to seminary school before you preach. You don't have to go to Bible college before you preach. You, you just have to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, and it's uh, and get into the Bible, and you can begin telling people your testimony. Yeah, and you can read Revelation 12:11. That can be your text, and you can just launch out telling people. And you go to your next Bible study. Can I tell you my testimony? Let's say you've been saved for 10 years, but you've never told your testimony. Be praying about that. So when you go to your Bible study this week or next week, whenever it is, uh, said, you guys mind if I tell you my testimony, how I uh, received Christ as my Savior? Wouldn't that be great? And it'll give you a chance to practice giving your testimony to those who aren't going to put you down or laugh at you. Right? And... Uh, and just keep doing that over and over and over. That's how I started. I just kept giving my testimony everywhere I went. And after a while, I started talking to people about Jesus. And I started talking about how to get saved. And I started talking to more Bible verses. I just kept on going. And I'm just going and going and going and going. And then three years later after that, Jesus baptized me with the Holy Ghost. I began speaking an unknown tongue, a new language, a new tongue. And uh, started operating the gifts of the Spirit, and it just started, just kept on escalating. Then finally God sent me to Bible school and got five years of ministry training, and God just kept just still using me. I've had a lot of dark valleys and uh, mountaintop experiences and down in valleys again, and mountaintop and valley and mountain. I mean, I've been up and down, up and down all around, and uh, sometimes I travel down the valley, <laughs> try to find where the end of the valley is, <laughs> you know, and then finally I turn and go up the mountain, kind of going around, and sometimes I'll walk along the mountaintop. But these last many years, probably, I don't know, probably since uh, probably a good 10 years, uh, I've been kind of on the mountaintop. Uh, I'm waiting for me to travel down into the valley, but uh, I'm getting ready for that valley experience. And uh, I'm not naive. I'm not stupid. I'm not ignorant to what Satan's planning for me. And so uh, God prepares me. God's preparing me for whatever may happen down the road. Now, am I going to be ready? I don't know. I hope I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting ready every day. And uh, so you just launch out. Just launch out. You'd be surprised what God's going to do and uh, with, with you if you step out of the boat on faith. And that boat is your security, your comfort, your security blanket, your pillow, you know, your teddy bear, you know, your cotton candy, your candy, can you know, whatever. It's all your securities that you need around you, you know. Just step out of the boat and begin walking on the water. If God has called you, then start walking towards Him. Keep, just like Bert said, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. That's right. Keep your eyes on Jesus and start walking. Don't look at the water. Don't look at your problems. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Keep your eyes on Jesus and you'll endure all the way to the end. All the way to the end. And then you'll see heaven open and you go up to heaven. It's amazing. Your life is going to be 
absolutely breathtaking for those who are still here and listening. Amen? So have a great day. I'm going to lay this, uh, what am I going to do here? Uh, I'm going to lay the banner down and then walk around and uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something here. <laughs> God bless you, man. I love you very much. You take care, all right? Bye-bye.